we got together with Pastor Chris and Pastor Stephen on Thursday to just go in after the presence of God and try to pen lyric and melody. And after a couple of hours, it just felt like the presence of God just stopped everything. And we wrote a song called The Blessing. And it's straight from scripture. And it's the heart of the Father over us as his kids. And we're gonna sing it this morning if that's okay. And this is a blessing over you and your family and your children. So just receive this this morning. Just put your hands out in front of you. Turn your heart to a place of just receiving the blessing of heaven from God himself over you this morning. Oh uh-huh. 
His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children be His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children be His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children Thank you.
another beautiful day that the Lord has made that we would rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you Lord Jesus. Share the link. Share the link. Talk someone now.
Good evening once again. Let's get down to business tonight. If you can hear me, let me know you can hear me. Let me know you can hear me. Thank you, Father. Tell someone to tell someone 
that we are online. Everyone say, Father, in the name of Jesus, say tonight, I thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your grace over my life and my family. Say, Lord Jesus, whatever you have prepared for me tonight, whatever you have prepared for me this week, whatever you have prepared for me this month, Lord, it will not pass me by. Release it into my life. Say, release it into my life. Say, Father, whatever you are doing this season, say, Lord, don't pass me by. I receive my portion. Lift your voice and just pray in one minute. If you can speak in tongues, go ahead and speak in tongues. Make the bon zuka palande pregadishko o si palada. Mendege de bash, kumbroko suta pelekadishka pereso. Elega brakadash kembreketu velekadishka paligrodosis. Elemanda baratas. Kila gata baladashke peleta peletashkedi brakadans. Eleko zika palande crucifalate. Medica balandos cofule granisca de veladis. Licoso comala gradiva ladasis. Condi parasuta balesh capila menesco folada. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. We can't but thank you enough. We can't but thank you enough. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And the church will shout aloud, Amen. Okay, let's jump into something important tonight. Now, um, that the church has passed through many phases, many seasons, and many eras, as it were. It is important to have note of that the church have passed through the eras of the Old Testament where God led men by himself, by his mouth, by his direct instructions. There was no Bible and examples to follow. They became the founding fathers of what we tend to believe in today. And the church came into eras of um, the prophet and different kind of people we got into um, the era of revival. We got into the era of um, the prophetic movement, the grace movement, the act movement, and the building of the church, the naming of the church, the forming of the church, the death and the resurrection of Christ and all of that. Now, in all of this era, there were things that were never missing, but they were silent. They were not an authority or they were things that the people of those days they didn't give full attention to. And those who gave full attention, they never regretted doing it. And one of them is the subject of prosperity, the subject of influence and affluence. A lot of them never gave attention to it. And when you read through all these errors, I just roughly mentioned, from Genesis down to Revelation, you'll find businessmen, you'll find civil servants, you'll find um, freelancers, you'll find contractors, 
you will find people in different spheres of job, careers, and all, and all, and all of that. They all existed, all right? But they, were, they didn't give attention to certain areas. For example, the disciples of Jesus, it was for them a season that they have to take themselves and their hands off their own job and business. They were doing something. It is time for them to focus on a school, a training. But Jesus, in one place, there was no place where Jesus told them, you must not work. All right? But at the point, Peter came and asked him, say, we've left our job. We've left our family. We've left our business. We've left everything we do. So what is going to be our own profit or benefit? And Jesus' reply to Peter was, Whoever that leaves these things will get much more than them. So there is nothing wrong in leaving job and following the Lord. But because of the times and the days we are in, it is important that you are wise to know how to organize all of these things. Even Paul began to share and say that I again and again, Paul, I would have come to you and demanded that you give me anything. But it was my own liberty as your pastor to come and say, okay, pay my rent or feed me. Paul I'm not going to do that. I'll have to work for myself so that we will not use because of money issue to stop some people from being able to receive the gospel. So Paul was able to deal with certain things. Paul was into tent making and yet he was also preaching the gospel and enjoying the favor of God from different angles. So the church also of our own time suddenly began to lose touch began to lose reality of the things that God has made available. So the church in the um, 50s, 60s, 70s, somehow lost touch of prosperity, lost touch of the blessings of God, focused on Christianity um, in a way that made it look like God is not interested in your well-being until people like Kenneth E. Hagin came in in the 70s, in the 60s, um, in the 80s, um, people like um, T.L. Osborne, people like um, Archbishop Benson Daosa of Blessed Memory came in and began to redefine the purpose of the gospel that you can still be blessed and also be born again. And then there was a name they coined out for him in Nigeria, which was the Prosperity Preacher. That was the name they coined for him, the Prosperity Preacher, the Money Money Pastor. But today, the gospel has taken a new face and has taken a new shape. Unfortunately, many people are still sitting on that same error that... Um, you have to just forget prosperity and follow God. Now, the problem comes where you now begin to follow God at the expense, um, you, you now begin to prosper at the expense of following God. Okay? You are losing Christianity because you are chasing money. Let's give an example. Somebody who is a pastor now, because there's no money, they now have to close ministry, close his calling, close the church, and went to look for a job. It's already an abuse to him and to what he claimed to believe in. Because the Bible also made us understand that there are times and seasons where hardship will come, where difficulties will come, where challenges will come. So in the light of this, tonight, I want to talk on something I think is very important to those who we need it. 
those who don't need it just listen from one corner is fine but those who need it just pay attention if you've been following for a while you know i don't just come out to teach because i want to teach i make sure it is something that will be beneficial to you i make sure it is something that will be a blessing to you and i make sure it's something that will add to your life if only you will pay attention and follow now we have come into an era for those who are actually in the system some of you are just in church but you are not in church you know you can work in a company for 30 years and you, you have never gotten into the management meeting so you don't know what happens you only hear gossip from others why some don't even know what's going on somebody can be at the, at the gate they know what goes on in the manner because they are putting their ears down and there are some that are there till they died till they left that company they never knew what was going on now we are back to an era where the cry of revival is all, all over the place that the coming of the lord is near there is a revival there is a revival there is a revival and there is a revival and some of the signs that jesus gave that we're going to see when these things begin to come is hunger famine tribulations so if you are not a prophetic student or somebody who studies prophetic history in the bible you're going to become um a victim of the end time tribulation all right you're going to become a victim after after all this before it is important you go back and study the times we are in Jesus is coming sooner than ever. So you go start looking for scriptures, what Jesus said by himself. He said you find wars, rumors of wars, brothers hating themselves, father hating the mother, uh, brother hating the sister, and all of that, and all of that. He didn't say then I will come. He said no. When you see this thing, just know that the end time is near. Right now we are seeing different kind of wars everywhere like it has never been. Last year alone, Israel and Gaza began to engage in a battle where, while, um, what is their name, Russia and Ukraine began to engage in a global battle. And all of these things, all they fall back to is to cut humanity out of our sources. So many of us are focused on how will I get married, how will I give birth to a child, how will I, as good as those things are. We are not in the prophetic calendar of the human race. We don't even know what is going on. Suddenly you will be shocked. Jesus has come. You did not secure your salvation. You did not, nothing. There's nothing serious you did with your life that God congratulates you for because you are looking for a visa. You are looking for a child. You are looking for a marriage. You are looking for a job and all of that. We must be very prophetic. We must be very informed so that we plant ourselves around the will of God for our life. Am I talking to somebody at all? Is there anybody following? Or I'm just speaking to myself and myself alone. And I'll be glad to talk to myself alone and alone. All right? Listen to me, everyone. Listen to me, everyone. I want everybody to do well. But I also tell you the truth. If the trumpet sounds now, God is not going to tell you, ah, Charlie, you married you. Sure. Take the award of the most married person. God won't tell you. God is not going to tell you, ah, you give birth. Only you. 15. Ah, and the Gabriel bring the trophy. Give it to this woman. Ah, boss. Hey, you. Oh, you tried to. You are the one that married eight wives. You are the one that married one nice woman. Your wife is so beautiful. And she, oh, ah, oh, you take. No, there won't be anything of such. 
So it means those things should not really be our priority when it comes to dealing with the things of God. When you deal with men, they are priority. When you, you meet with friends and family, the first thing is what do you do? Where do you stay? Are you married? Do you have children? That's what men ask. But God does not come to ask you what do you do. God does not come to ask you are you married. God does not come to ask you do you have children. God doesn't come to ask you. So we must learn to prioritize our dealings in life and learn to put God in the place where he belongs and put other things where they belong. No wonder the Bible said in um, um, Matthew 6, 33, um, seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. We are not doing it. You see somebody who have never worn his shoe for one year is crying, she's not married, weeping literally. Somebody who have not worn his shoe for a whole year is crying, weeping, like literal weeping, red eyes. When will I get married? Oh God, where are you? Oh God, when will I have a child? God, you are looking at me like this. This is this has been 20 years now. I don't have a child. Oh God, when will I get visa? Oh, I was denied. Weeping literally. And this person who have never added anything to the kingdom or to God is not crying about these things. Am I saying you getting worried or crying over what you need is wrong? No. Please, be, I want you to be at the center of what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is that you must understand your first place in this earth. It's not for the things you are crying about, but the things you are quiet about. So winning, being kind to people, being a blessing to other people, delivering people, saving people, preaching the gospel, helping the gospel, helping the church, pushing the gospel. That is what and what we are here for. So one day will come, we claim to be Christian, God will come or we will die and we see people who are receiving trophies and awards and receiving places in the kingdom. And you, you are getting nothing. And you sit down, ah, I didn't know it was like this. So, hey, I was thinking, oh, and you see everybody, nobody's talking about children, nobody's talking about husband, nobody's talking about wife, nobody's talking about um, career, nobody is talking about to go and do a liposuction, nobody's talking about makeup, nobody's talking about their hairstyle. Everybody now is taking their own trophy. Ah, you won 1,000 so you supported the gospel, you hazarded your life for the gospel, you sold your house for the gospel, you gave your shoe for the gospel, you, I saw you preaching here, you are the one that you healed 20 sick people, you casted a 50 demon, and they are all receiving awards and promotion and establishment and you, the only thing you have to yourself, and which there will be no reward for, is that you married. Is that you had a job. Please, I'm, I'm sorry to come to this. I know when I come to this, some people feel like, and this person does not understand. Don't mind him, because he's married. Listen, you don't understand. You don't understand. My wife knows me today and tomorrow. She knows. You don't bring anything before between me and the work of God. You have problem. You don't. And I've been chasing the work of the gospel even before I met her. And I won't stop. Neither will I stop until I take my last breath. The gospel is mine. Not because I'm a pastor. Even before I became a pastor, everybody around me knew me for one thing. The gospel. Anybody who have known me in Ghana since 10 years, 11 years, what they knew me with is, is church. Anybody who knew me in Nigeria from, particularly from 2009 to 2012 when I left, apart from my job, they will know me through church. Nothing else. And listen, this should be the life of every Christian or whoever that claims to be a Christian. This should be your life. 
But in the midst of us chasing the gospel, in the midst of us going to church to function, in the midst of us winning souls, in the midst of us, we must understand that the end time reviver cannot survive without prosperity. So there are believers who must be the apostles in the marketplace who are prospering for the sake of the kingdom. And they are telling the men of God, they are telling the church, don't worry, this crusade, go ahead and plan it. Um, me and this person, we've already planned, we are bringing in $50 million. We are bringing in $10 million. We are bringing in uh, $100 million, uh, Ghana cities. We are bringing in 50,000 Ghana cities. What do we need? We want lighting for the crusade. Okay, we are providing the lighting. Okay, the missionaries who are going to the villages, how many are they? They are 200. Okay, I will pay for the bus. This one said he's paying for their shelter. This one said, okay, their feeding is on me. This one said, okay, I'll provide mosquito coil. This is what everybody should have a role to play in the end time revival. We can't succeed and survive it without prosperity. We can't. We can't. If you've studied about the tribulation, the Bible spoke about the mark of the beast, all right, which is a story for another day. It spoke about the mark of the beast. And when the mark comes, you can't buy, you can't sell, you can't feed, you can't do anything without the mark. So, for example, now, your light goes off. You have to depend on the government, which the government now are under the operative of the demonic powers of that age. You have to depend on the government to provide you light. What would you have to do now is that you have to automatically be in darkness because you say you are a Christian, taking the mark subjects you now to being part of the demonic agenda. So if you have no system for yourself of having a solar over your house, nothing for you. If you have no system, you have to buy food and all of that. If you have no system where you grow food, you have no farm, there is nothing for you. You said you will have to um, transport. If for you to enter public car, you will need to show your mark as a piece of identity. If you have no car of your own, you are in trouble. So for the end time church to be poor, is to lack revival, is to be raptured wrongly, or for rapture to be delayed. It's simple as ABC. But there is a problem when we now begin to exhort prosperity more than the agenda and the prophecy of the end time church. There is a problem when we begin to exhort prosperity more than the place of the rapture, the place of soul winning, the place of the unity of the church. You're going to find in this end time, I told us some time ago, God is not so much interested in denominations anymore. In these last days, the angels of God have shifted out of denomination and God is dealing now on kingdom. So you're going to find in these last days, churches merging. You will see unity of spiritual men of God. Men of God, any man of God who you see getting isolated is not spiritual, does not understand end-time prophecy. Spiritual men of God. So you will be finding big fathers of faith joining another father of faith to go and do a crusade, joining them to their church, joining them to... You will see all those kind of things. A church is in trouble. Another church will just go out there for them. A church car broke down. Another church will give them their car. A church is having issue with their microphone. Another church is okay. Since we're not having service today, we'll give you a microphone without anybody fighting for A is mine, B is mine, C is mine. Before Jesus will come, the church has to become one. The church would have to become one. Not that all the name will be wrapped up and it will be answering one name, but they have to be a more united system for the church before Jesus will come. And it's happening gradually. 
is happening. It's, it's painful. Some of us are in church. We don't even know what is happening in church. We're not, we don't know what is happening in church. If you are still following me, just let me know you are following. Now, let's run through the book of Luke chapter 5, and let me jump into what I want to do. Luke chapter 5, from verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed on upon him to hear the word, that he stood by the lake Gennesaret, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And... We are washing their net. And he entered one of the ships, and which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the gospel out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your net for a drought. And Simon answering unto him, Master, we've toiled all night, and I've, I've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down my let on the net and when they had this done they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break the seven and they beckoned unto their partners not everything we are reading they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them and they came and feed boats boats that they began to sink verse 8 when peter saw it he fell down at jesus kneel saying Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, for he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. Verse 10, and so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus also said unto Simon, Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. May God bless his word in Jesus' name. So now, everything I've just spoken to you about in a summary, you'll find them in this scripture. Now, the gospel was the foundation of this whole story. Jesus preaching the gospel, okay? Jesus had no other job at that time. He had already quit the, 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 the job he was doing with the father, which is carpentry job, and gotten himself involved in the work of ministry. Now he needed to preach and there were a lot of people and they needed an equipment for the crusade. As of then, it was a boat which could be likened to either a speaker now. They needed a plot of land. They needed a microphone. They needed a stage or whatsoever that we would need now for the gospel. And Christ was not having it. And I'm very sure he was not alone. He had other disciples around him already. He had other people who were following already, who were Christians. But now, look at the problem. Did you notice it was Peter's boat that he took? And as of this time, Peter was not a Christian. So if we are not careful, listen, pay attention to this prophetic instruction and message tonight. If we are not careful, unbelievers are going to be the ones to sponsor the end-time gospel. They will prosper while you that claim to be the owner of the gospel, we go to heaven smelling like hell. At the end, that will not afford them prosperity, but God in his infinite mercy can now give them the opportunity like Peter to hear the gospel. They came, they came last. 
You, you've been in church for 20 years. You've been in church for 40 years. Somebody came in last. They supported the crusade. And from there, they had the gospel. They got saved. They went to heaven and they received a reward. And you, who have been in church for 20 years, went to the same heaven without a reward because you chose that your hand will not be on the plow of the gospel. So you see certain ministries, let me use Christ Embassy for example. You see the man of God, Pastor Chris, have subjected everybody to understand the essence of partnership for the gospel. Everybody produce a rhapsody. Everybody gets involved in soul winning. In all you do, get your money involved. Get your money involved. So if your time is not there, your money should be there. If your money is not there, your time should be there. You, you can't be useless. You can't, listen, in this end time, you can't be useless to God. If you are not giving money, you should be giving enough time. You are not giving enough time. You should be giving enough money. Don't be just down the fence and be saying, um, um, Jesus is coming soon. They say, we'll come. What are you saying? You must be on one side of it. Don't be useless to God. Don't be useless to the gospel. Even the demonic agenda, people are pushing it. Pushing it. You, it, it will amaze you to know that today, if you want to find one of the best cinematographers, those who are into video coverage, who are into editing, you will not find them in church. One of the best. No, you must go out to the world. You won't find them in church. So the church will have to pay unbelievers. To, the payment is not the issue. They will collect the money that a Christian would have collected and bring in worldly ideas and worldly... Listen, listen, listen. Playing keyboard is not keyboard. There are people that play keyboard, you will lose God. There are people that touch keyboard, even without choir singing. Why they touch keyboard? You that is with the mic, we begin to prophesy. So when we carry people who don't know God to get into the work of God, we will dilute and reduce the glory of what would have happened in that meeting. Imagine you're having a program now, and you couldn't afford... Assumptiously, you couldn't afford Jomento, you couldn't afford Natanabasi, um, Dusinoyeka, or whosoever. You now decided to go and pick Patapa or Shatawali to be the one to now lead the gospel. Are they singers? Yes. Are they human beings? Yes. But automatically, there's no matter how good their voice would be, or any other singer who has a good voice, I'm not talking about the voice now, but they are not singing in the light of the gospel. Listen. No matter how they will sing in good pitch, good key, good note, good pattern, and all of that, the best they can do is to give you goosebumps. They will never bring you into the holy of holies. And unfortunately, the church of today, a lot of believers cannot separate the difference between the presence and emotions. What many worshippers are using to trap us in church is emotions. So there is colored light, there is a different effect from one keyboard, one guitar, and all of that, and the smoke machine. So as they put all of them, and they are singing one song that feels emotional. Oh, you see people are feeling good, but oh, you are not, you are not in the spirit. You are not in the spirit. The person is just playing a mind game. It's a, it's a game. It's a game. So we must get back to the true act of the gospel. And you don't know who is in the spirit if you don't get to the spirit. So when you become carnal, somebody will sell fake spirituality to you. And you will buy it because you cannot even discern. When the Bible said, discern every spirit to know which of them is true. Discern every spirit. Discern every spirit. 
I shared something days ago. I can't remember clearly right now. But um, a young man gave me a reply. I said, man of God, don't blame these people in church so far. See, some churches are dead. No, no spirituality. They are just there as a four-corner room and there's a speaker and microphone. There is no presence. There is no sound teaching. Listen, listen, listen. The work of ministry is a very dicey thing. You don't just jump in because you sense the call. You don't just jump in because you have a space. You just don't jump in because you can shout or you have some nice suits or you have some nice poster position that you can show. You jump in because you have a word from God for his people. So you see people are just in the room, just seated, no presence of God, nothing, no sound gospel, no progress, no prosperity, no, nothing. In God's agenda, this church should not be running. In God's agenda, this church should not be running. But because some don't want to submit under an authority, they don't want to be under a church, I tell you the truth, I kid not. Everyone following me, listen to me. See, today, anytime we start a church fully physically, anything we do, whatever church, whatever assignment we run, must be subjected under my father's church. So I'm, I'm just, I'm only obeying God. I'm just like a branch. I'm just like an autonomous branch. I am subject. The work and the church is subject. If there's a crusade like this, all, all the workers, they will merge with that workforce to go and do the crusade. If I thought the crusade, you, say you won't come, you want to join them or save joining you on your own. Those who are there will continue the work we will do. Finances, we join that program. That is the purpose of the church. No, when I see people saying, you see my church, I take him a member. I look at it and I wonder like, what is going on? Some egoistic nonsense. I understand we are putting our life, holding the fort and fighting and sweating and somebody you've invested in all this will suddenly stand up and walks out on you. It hurts and it's very painful. But on the other hand, it is important that we understand that this thing is called the body of Christ. It is the blood of Jesus that purchased these people and purchased this work. And you, that is also a member, understand that there is somebody laboring over you and the Bible recorded that your man of God is going to give account of you in the day you will come in the face of God. So what account will your pastor give over you when your pastor does not even know you? What account will your pastor give over you where you change church every year? So which pastor are you going to meet, meet and say, um, Jesus is calling you to come and tell him if I was actually active in church? Which pastor were you going to? If God is to ask of you now, tell me, who will he go to and ask questions about you? At least there are people I know right now, if God is to ask questions about them, come to me. I won't say, God, I don't know them. I, I, will, I will say, I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. A lot to say. Somebody say from today, I'm getting committed to the work of God. I'm getting committed to the things of the gospel. Say from today, I am getting committed to the work of God. Say from today, I am getting committed to the gospel. So there was now, Jesus needed a material or a tool for the gospel, which became the sheep of Peter. The sheep of Peter was necessary. So at this time, what is needed is no who can speak in tongues. At this time, what is needed is not the person who can sing the highest speech. The church now need prosperity. From what I spoke to us 
earlier. The church now needs prosperity to be able to step into the purpose of God. And it was one man who was even going through a dry season that was the one. When there were Christians there, I'm sure there was a Christian fisherman who knew Jesus. But I'm sure he was following John or the Jews or the Pharisees or the Sadducees. And what he would say, yeah, Jesus is not my pastor. I can't give him my boat to use. I don't attend this church. I can't give him my boat to use. Um, this, this thing. Um, he will look for an excuse or say I'm busy and take it. Up. But Jesus saw an unbeliever and did mind. So tomorrow, you'll not find your pastor driving with an unbeliever that you know. Next thing you say is our pastor has vacillated. There's been a hit on, on T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes for some weeks right now that he went to a meeting where PDD um, hosted, there were secular people and all of that. Mind you, mind you, it, when you go and check, you might be surprised that what has been keeping the church on TV, that people have been watching and they've been excited, is actually PDD and his group that are the ones sponsoring it. It might shock you that what has been keeping the light bill of the church, what has been keeping the electricity bill, the transportation, the housing of the man of God, is actually the same group being castigated by the church and by the people. So since you in church refuse to move, to do what has to be done, an unbeliever comes to take your place, now you are complaining. So what do you want? The church should die because of you. The church should be stagnant because of your stinginess. The church should close because you refuse to get to the top and prosper. No. God will use everything for his glory. When time comes, he will filter those who refuse to change and those who agree to change. So Christ did not tell Peter, do I say that? I don't want your boat. Because the gospel does not come to tell you about your sin first. The gospel comes to tell you about Jesus first. Bring you to him, cleanse your sin, and plant your life into the agenda of God. So Christ took the boat and he began to preach. While he began to preach, when he was done, he said to um, Peter right now, cast your net and let's get into blessing you. If God can't use you, God can bless you. Is somebody following me? Everybody, everybody is quiet. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. It's two things. Either you are not there, or you are catching it, or you are feeling guilty. So which angle are you? Guilt, catching it. Which of the angle are you? You are feeling guilty or you are catching it? Tell me, tell me. Don't be shy, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Everybody will jump to catching it, and nobody will say they are guilty again. No? But I know them. I know you. We can start fishing you out now by prophecy and by character. Those of you who are feeling guilty, let me let me help you feel guilty small. Let me help you. This is 2023. How many souls have you won since this year? One month is already gone. How many? How many of you have won a soul this year? How many of you? Let me see you. You've won this soul. Somebody has given his life to Christ because of you this year. Let me see one person. Somebody has received Jesus because of you this year. Can I see you? Okay. One and two. Okay. I, I didn't expect so much. If it's up to five, I would say it's a lie. Yeah, I know, I know you people. All you want is prophecy. 
if it's up to five, me, I will say it's a lie. I will say it's a lie. Yeah. Number two, how many of you have been consistent with your tithing for the past six months? Your tithing is part of what supports hold the fort for the gospel in this evangelism and so winning. Whatever church you attend, anywhere you are, for the past six months, you've been consistent with your tithing. Let me see you. You've been going for evangelism. That's good. Have you brought back fruits? It's another question. It's one thing to go. It's another thing to bring back fruits. Beautiful. Amazing. How many of you, that's beautiful. It's a lot, lot, lot. That's great. How many of you has been committed to your, your doing first fruits since last year? Since 2023, let's not go back into a long time. Let's assume you just got born again last year. Since 2023, January 2023, how many of you have been committed to the principle of first fruit? You, you see, you see, guilty stray bullet, stray guilty bullet hitting everywhere now. Huh? Are you seeing guilty bullet hitting left and right, front and center, and? Hitting, breaking people's head, breaking their leg and their neck. Are you seeing guilty? How many of you? It's everywhere is quiet suddenly. No more comments. Everybody have just disappeared. Nobody's liking the post again. Nobody's commenting again. Everywhere is now quiet. Yo, how many of you this year did your first fruit or have have done your first fruit or you are doing your first fruit this year? How many of you this year? How many of you this year? Okay. You've done or you are doing. Whether anywhere, whether your church, wherever. I'm not interested in the place. What I'm telling you is you keeping the principles. All right. Now, when we actually get into the principle of this first fruit, you're going to realize some people are actually thieves. Let me give an example. The first fruit is you giving to God your first. If you are a business person, your first income. You are a um, salary earner, your, your, um, your salary for that month you are you are not doing anything the first gift you receive the first favor you receive belongs to god so you now see somebody who is a civil servant who earns money every month okay now somebody now dash them 50 ghana cities they will give the 50 ghana cities their first fruit then they will keep the first income of the salary and said i'm giving first fruit i'm sorry madam go back to your pastor you didn't do first fruit you didn't do first fruit. You gave support. The first fruit you gave was from gifts, not from what you do. So at the end of the day, we remove God's protection from one side of us and push it only to another side. Only to another side. When devourers begin to hit us, we we'll start asking ourselves, so what, did, what happened? What happened? What did we do? Oh God, where are you? When you are the one that so you you, you you could you could literally count how many people who are doing first fruit this year. Listen, I'm not after where you give it to, it's not my business. So it's not my business at all. My focus is in your obedience to God. If you have been following me, you know I what what matters to me is you obeying God. That's my own focus. I tell you the truth of the gospel. You want to do it anyhow, you choose to do it, though. it's your own business which is not supposed to be so, but I don't mind. Go do your thing. My duty is to make sure I teach you and I give you the truth. So at the end of the day, you find out that we are missing out. So Peter, his boat was used to preach the gospel. Now, 
in this gospel, there is prosperity tied to it. So after Jesus preached, souls were one, and he said, now, it is time to, your first fruit is not your tithe. Your first fruit is not your tithe. All right? Tithe is different from first fruit. When every year begins, you don't give tithe. You give all your income 100% at the beginning of the year. That is first fruit. You don't remove tithe. You don't bring tithe and add their money to it and now give it. No. That is not how first fruit. Every year, every year, your first income for that year, 100% should go to God. That is first fruit. That is number one. Number two, if you got a job, let's say your first job, in the middle of the year, you were not working and all of that. You got your first job in July. Anything that is first in your life, you got your first job in July. All the money, the first income goes to God. You got your first salary increment. You were working, now they now increase your salary. All the increment on that salary. So they are paying you, let's say they are paying you 10000 They now added 2000 the 10,000 is yours. You, you pay tight out of it. But the 2,000 that they added, all of it, you must not touch one. All of it goes to God. So if you claim you don't know, I don't know what you have been doing with your Bible, and I don't know what you have been doing in church. Look, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a, a true church that is not preaching these principles. I don't think so. But they know that we have, we have now, like Jesus said to the people, he said, Moses wrote this law because of your heart is too hard. You are too stubborn. So they know our heart is too hard. So all they do, I had Uncle William preaching the message. He said, now, every man of God have made up their mind to get into business because the believers have become too hard. Every man of God have made up their mind to get into business because the Christians of today have become too difficult to deal with. But that was not the plan. Go back to your Bible, you find it. The priest should be taken care of by the church. The priest should be taken care of by the church. That is the, that is the structure. But the people have become too difficult. So every man of God now is looking for a business just to make sure they fulfill the agenda of God. What, what does church do with that? All this tight, 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 tight. The church you enter, you came the next one, they've changed fan, they've added their condition, they are paying light bill, they are paying water bill. Where do you think they, they, they should steal the money? They should steal the money. The people who are they are they are, they, they are funding, playing instruments, doing other things, and supporting other charity works and other programs. And it, I don't know. I'm sure I have one or two persons who are around and the, the, their church in in front of the works that they do. B board doing one B board for a crusade. When Apostle Lehman came last year, I paid for a B board. We spend 5,000 Ghana for one billboard. And sometimes to make that crusade happen, you would need, depending on how you want it, you would need 50 to 100 billboards, if not more. You live in somewhere like Ghana, maybe Accra, for you to even cover, you will need 100. Then you now begin to spread out to other regions for the sake of the gospel. To rent instrument alone, the instrument that I use for those big crusades you are seeing, to rent, not to buy, to rent alone, sometimes it goes as high as 100,000 Ghana cities. I remember one time we were to have a program um, at the Independence Square. They just finished Pastor Chris' program in Independence Square. So we just went there to do some viewing and saw 
um, the man that was doing instrument. Our program was, I think, the next day or two days later. So we met with the man so that we negotiate and let them just leave the instrument there. We just pay and add, then we use it. When the man gave us bill, we told him to go. It was far expensive more than the whole budget of our program. And I saw why Pastor Chris' program is always different. And I saw why um, Bishop Dax's program is always different. And I saw why Bishop Oedebo's program, because it is expensive. Only the instrument, the guy was billing us for $100,000 for instrument, for stage, for lighting, and all of the distance and the chest for $100,000. And we were looking for one that is even below 100,000 Ghana cities. Say their own was brought from South Africa. That it was, it's, not, it's not in Ghana here. They have to import from South Africa, both the camera and everything, $100,000 just for this thing. Not the venue, not the flight, not the hotel, not the feeding for all the team. No, not. It's not part of it. It's not part of it. So you went to church today, your man of God preached. Preach good. You were excited. You were smiling. You were shouting right on. Can I ask you a question? If your pastor did not eat, to come to church today. Are you sure he would have been able to preach and bless you the way he bless you? That's why I don't joke with my partners. I don't joke with them. In as much as I have my things I do, I have my business I do online and all of that. I have partners who are supported. 90% of the partnership they even give at the end does not end in my pocket. They go back in supporting people. Now, how many of you here, online here, have been a blessing to you, one way or the other? You're online here. I've ever small, in a small way, been a blessing to you. Let me see you. I bless you small. I know, I know I've, I've not been trying. I know I've not been trying. But I, at least I've blessed you small, very small. Let me see. A few people. At least I've tried now. Only five people. Ah, okay, there are ten. At least I've tried. Only ten people. I've been a blessing. Now, do you know if I was hungry, if I had died out of hunger, I wouldn't be that blessing to you? So, when you become stingy to the work, you are killing the source that God is using to be a blessing to you. The man of God came to church today, preached and all of that. Have you ever wondered, how does this pastor eat? How does he feed? The biggest mistake you're going to make is thinking, ah, we've given offering. The biggest mistake you're going to ever make, ah, I paid my tithe now. If they show you the record of the bills, you will understand that A is actually for Apple. Sorry for digressing a bit. That is not the subject. But I'm trying to show us that the revival we are talking about cannot do without prosperity. This year, my target is for us to get established, get certain things put together, and we can go into, at least I know of a lot of rural areas in Volta region, that we can go, people have, people have, lot of pastors now are running out of rural areas. It is not their fault. Tell me, tell me, which pastor is, we carry the wife, who is a graduate, carry the person and go and stay inside one village, inside Agbozume where there is, there might be no light, where there might be no uh, 
good food and the church cannot even, even afford their feeding mosquito is eating their children and the church can't even take care of them and the pastor is smiling if you smile your wife will not smile that jesus is lord and they are there so some are running out looking for closer places looking for cities where they can also work or the wife can work and they can get something to be able to take care of the house because it's a whole two thing the ministry and the family if you don't feed the family you won't be able to take care of the ministry you won't be able to so many people are leaving those um, rural areas getting into the urban settlement just to make sure they survive just to make sure they can eat just to make sure they can wear cloth just to make sure they don't die so those people in those villages are now lacking the gospel so somebody can just take over the church who is not a trained man of god who doesn't even know the whole truth teach them whatsoever they like and they close they walk away and you that is in the city receiving the best refuse to support people who will go to the village share i don't know how god is going to respond to us i don't know i don't know i don't know there are some of you listening to me who know deep down your heart that God has called you to be a soul winner. God has called you to be a, an evangelist. Listen, it is time for you to get up and get busy. Don't be lost in your job. Some of you, you know that God has called you to support men of God in crusade physically. It might not be cash for you to go with them, stay with them, pray with them. Some of you, you know you have a calling to be an intercessor. That as men of God are going, your prayer is, Father, let souls be won. Father, let this be done. Let that be done. Let the real soul winners are not even on camera. They are not on TV. They are in bushes. They are in villages. They are in areas where there's no light, no food, no good water. And they are there. They come back. So go to the stories of God's generals. The white men that came from, from America, from Europe, to bring their government to Africa. Africa. Some died of malaria. Some Ebola killed them. Years ago, some Ebola killed them. Some typhoid killed them because of the bad water. Just to preach the gospel. And you now that have received the gospel want to sit down in the comfort of your home and just enjoy without contributing nothing. You will not go. You will not give. You will not pray for those doing it. Nothing. 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 We must repent. We must repent. We must repent. This is not how to be a Christian, no. We must repent. We must repent. We must repent. God didn't give you a job for nothing. God didn't give you income for yourself and your family and your mother and your father. God didn't give you, because a lot of us, it's only when you have problems, that is when you take God serious. The moment things are fine, God, you're on your own, no? You are on your own. And I've seen it, I can tell you this because we treat men of God that way. And if we could treat God's servant that way, the vessel which God speaks through, then we'll also do the same thing to God. We will do the same thing to God. So Peter, who was not a Christian, was now the one that benefited of all the anointing and the grace upon Jesus. And I've taught us again and again that the principles of Jesus have no regard for religion. The it was a, did, you, did you notice he was a sinner? Did you see it there? Did you see it there? Now this brings us back to what we were teaching yesterday during the communion. Uh, what if you are a sinner? God blessed a sinner because the sinner availed himself. Can we get to that, that verse? Get me that verse now. Where he said to Jesus, depart from me for I am a sinner. Depart from me. 
verse 8. Get me verse 8. Get me verse 8. So God can use prosperity, can use miracles to win some people to church. Now, adding to this, some of us here listening to me, you need to receive the anointing and become a miracle worker. I don't know how you do it. That at this, Let's read that scripture now. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Alright? He knew, he knew that this thing there did not just happen because it has to happen. No, 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 no. God is involved and I don't deserve it. If you study further, Peter left everything. He left everything and followed Jesus. He didn't leave them to throw them away. I am very sure he gave it back to the work of ministry. I am very sure he gave all the fish back to the work of ministry and followed God. That was it. He was able to acknowledge a sinner was able to note that it's not my power. But a Christian, no, fees. Uh, what is it? Do you know how far I have worked? Do you know how this I have done? Do you? He was a sinner and yet God blessed him. And people were in church and they are stranded. Listen, till now, till now, there are sinners who send money to church. Yeah. Yahoo boys. Yahoo boys who are sending money to church. Some of you, the church you are attending, it's possible that the reason why your church had a microphone today, it was a Yahoo boy that sent the money. A fraud star was the one that sent the money. The, the, you will be shocked that the AC in your church, it was a gay, a gay man. Somebody who is gay, your pastor is not even aware. Maybe he came or didn't come. Send the money to church and come. A gay man was the one that sent the money. You will be shocked. It's a lesbian that sent the money. And after two months, the lesbian will get a contract. The gay will buy a new car. The principle of Jesus has no regard for religion. Once you obey, you get blessed. And you will be shocked also, the same people. God said, no, you are too good to waste. And God now go and encounter them. Win them and they are back to church. And the one in church who have been there since the day of Moses is there sitting down as one elder who is not eldering anything in church. Sitting like a, like a deacon who is not deacon anything in church. Sitting down, claiming that they know God more than every other person. And there's nothing they are contributing. And people who are walking from the outside are those now holding their fault. For the gospel. If we miss the place of prosperity in the end time church, we've missed revival. We've missed revival. Today, I was to go to church. My car had some issues. I was worried the car might just, the shaft, there was a noise on that. So I just, I was just worried. I don't want it to stop on the road and all of that. And so I gave the car to mechanic yesterday to fix. They couldn't bring it this morning. So let me took boot. It took me almost one hour to be able to order boots. So I was now asking myself, God have mercy. Even with this toy car that I'm driving, is this how people are really suffering? I've not used boat for a long time. I've not used torture. I've not used taxi for a long, a long time. God knows when. I'm like, is this how people are really suffering? You do this one, do this one. Before you know, you call, you call one guy, very rude. I can't come. Where you are, it's 11 minutes away from me. I can't come. I'll cut it, end it, end it. Cancel the ride now. I'm like, ah, we are not quarreling. 
I just called you. I said, just please order on your. I said, cancel now. But I, I'm sorry. I ended the call. I canceled. Tried to book again. They say, all oh, the ride around me is busy. I was using Uber. I was using both app. Two of them. It took me literally one hour to be able to get one car. I didn't even when I booked two rides, both of them almost arrived at the center. I have to start begging the other one to not cancel out of the frustration. So I was like, ah. So people are suffering like this to be able to get a means to transport themselves around. And I said to myself, so they are suffering this way and they can't obey God to bless them so that they can... Listen, 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 listen. To some people, car is a liability. All right? But to certain people, car is a necessity. I had times in my life, I used Okada to go to church joyfully. I will preach, I will prophesy. When the time came that I knew this time there, Okada will not favor me anymore. I was not traveling a lot. I knew I needed the car. I told God, I said, God, all right, it's time. And certain things happened around that period, and all of that, and the car just came. The car just came, just like that. The first one came, the second one came. The third one came, and like that, and like that, and like that. And I gave out the second one, and another one now came. But all of it, I was not saying to myself, so people are suffering like this, and yet they can't obey God for them to walk in the blessing. You can't obey God. You, you feel you deserve it. You feel it has to just fall on you because you are who? No, I don't understand. Because you are God's grandmother or God's father or, oh, oh, God, are you not seeing me? I'm suffering and all of that. And yet you are not keeping to the principles that bring people out of suffering. And yet you want the blessing. What is wrong with you? Why? We must get it right. We must get it right. Four foundations of the blessing. Four foundations of the blessing or prosperity. Let's run through this and let's pray. Number one is work. Number one is work. We have two set of people in this issue of revival. In the center of revival, there are two set of people. One is those who believe they don't need to work. They should just be speaking in tongues and just be praying fire, 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 and fire, and fire. And they are going through shame. They are going through disgrace. Hunger is killing them. Churches are being thrown out of their venue because they are on rent. And the landlord is not a Christian. And the landlord will come through the church away. I had a man of God was sharing a story yesterday. He said they were having a, a crusade, one of the biggest conference that they had. Their landlord came. They've done everything. Landlord came and said, he's no more giving the place to them. This is where they've been using for years. That was the day they are starting their conference. Said they should come and quit. They have to go and now use an open field. If that thing belonged to a Christian, it wouldn't have been so. If the church had owned their own property, it wouldn't have been so. So there are a set of people who believe ah, fire, yeah, fire, not because God gave them the assignment to be an intercessor and leave any job, no. Because of wrong understanding or wrong knowledge of revival. If you are not aware, Jesus had more than 12 disciples. Jesus 
had more than 12 disciples. It was only 12 who left their job to follow him. Jesus had more than 12 disciples. It was only 12. If you read the book of John chapter 6, you read from verse 66 going down, you will find it. If you read the book of Acts chapter 2, you will find it. So the Bible will tell you in John 66 that many of his disciples went back and walked no more from him. Many of his disciples. So he had other people, some were businessmen. If you read the book of Luke chapter 7 from verse 2 downward, the Bible began to talk about the partners of Jesus. He spoke about Mary Magdalene, who happened to be, who was the harlot that they casted out demons out for. Spoke about another Mary. Spoke about um, Susanna, who was Herod's, um, who the husband was Herod's steward. So this woman was the wife of a politician. They were part of those who was working with Jesus. They were not preaching the gospel, but their duty was, ah, are you done? Please, food is ready. And um, what are you wearing tomorrow? Okay, we are ironing the clothes. Okay, um, the crusade we are going at Galilee. Okay, we, we, we send people there. Let them um, prepare your room. Let them, that was the assignment. They don't preach. All they were doing was to take care of the welfare of Jesus. That was their duty. To take care of the welfare. Why the disciples were the people? Didn't you wonder how the disciples were all going around with Jesus all around for three and a half years? Nobody was working because they were partners behind the scene who were carrying the gospel. When Jesus died, when almost everybody had left, one of the disciples called Joseph of Arimathea was the one that came. He was the disciple. But it was not part of those who were at the forefront. Nicodemus became a disciple at the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus, but he was not part of those who preached. He rather was behind the scene. When Jesus died, he was the one that brought the perfume that they used to anoint the body, while Joseph was the one who, who bought the tomb that they used to bury him. So all of this, there have to be arms of people who are into the professional field. There have to be arms of people who are into um, the, the call of ministry, people who are into different aspects coming together for a revival to happen. If not, the revival is going to be a half-baked revival that people are on fire and they are not begging for food. People on fire and they can't pay medical bill. People on fire, they can't pay rent. People on fire, they can't wear clothes. People are on fire and their marriage is divorcing because the house, the man of God have left the house and has gone to the mountain to fast and to pray. It's going to end up being a half-baked revival. I beg you, wherever you are, wherever you attend church, please help me begin to help your pastor. Whatever church you attend, I don't care. I don't care. I know some churches are on salary. I know some pastors, they put them on salary. I think uh, Winners Chapel does that. Redeem does that. Um, Catholic Church, I think they also do that and all of that. But listen, listen. Care the little way you can for the welfare of that man of God. God has set over that parish, over that church, over that denomination that you found yourself. Support care, show care. I'm sure they have a system of welfare that they use to support the pastor or whatsoever. Get yourself involved. Your face must not show. Your face must not show. Let's make this work easy. Let's remove the, remove the burden 
a pastor was sharing a story. Said there was a small church behind his his house. He was inside his room praying one day in the, in, in the night. He hears this pastor every night alone come to church to pray. Come to church to pray. And one night, started to pay attention, and the man of God was crying. No, it wasn't a pastor, just a lady. Had the man of God crying. Say, God, am I not anointed? Did you not call me? Oh, God, why is the church empty? We can't buy a microphone. We can't even buy speaker. We can't even buy chairs. And the few members we have, they don't care. The man of God was praying, literally crying. The cry overtook the... Listen, so if we don't understand the pain of the call, you don't... So, so, so you feel work of ministry is for um, some people who have failed in everything. You try to be a teacher, you failed. You try to travel abroad, you failed. You try to then just go and do ministry. Oh, you, 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 you are very wrong. You are very wrong. You couldn't go to school, so just go and hide on that. You are very wrong. We have people who got called out of the medical field. We have people who got called out of the law. We have people who got called. People who are professionals, God say quit. Focus on ministry. Focus on ministry. And it's not like those days you hear a man of God on the altar when they are preaching. English is not English in at all. English is jamming left. No, no, no. You hear people talking intellectually. You find men like Pastor Chris, men like Apostle Suleiman, people with their PhD on the pulpit preaching life. You will be very wrong to think that it's for those who don't know what to do with their life. So they have to go and hide there just to. You are very wrong. You are very wrong. You're very wrong. I want all the young people around me who come, say, the father that God have called them. I say, if you leave school, you, you, I, will, I will kill you. One was telling me, um, so God have called them. What will he do? So you, I said, what's your plan? You want to go and look for, I said, are you done with school? He said, no, I'm just finished what I said, if I catch you, I will go and get to your university form. Uh, no support. I said, me, I'll support you. Go and get from, get to university. You'll not be on the altar. Praise the Lord. Last night, when I was sleeping, the Lord told me, I should tell it to you, that he came it. And the Lord will came it, and the Lord will come it. According to the book of Luke, chapter 6, and verse 13, and Jesus entered the synagogue. Jesus entered the synagogue. And the members are confused. What is synagogue? Not knowing it is synagogue that their pastor is calling synagogue because he didn't go to school. Because he didn't go to school. Synagogue. Listen, God is no more. Is somebody getting what I'm communicating tonight? Let's put all the joke aside. Is somebody getting what I'm trying to communicate? Are you understanding what I'm saying at all? Let's become responsible. Let's become responsible as Christians. Let's become responsible as members. Let's become responsible as children of God. Please, I beg you. The same respect you accord to your doctor, to your lawyer, to your teacher, to whosoever, accord the same respect to your pastor. Accord the same respect. There's some people who are on the pulpit. If you meet them on a normal day in their profession, you can't talk to them. You can't dare talk to them. But because you've met them, God has not put them in the place of servanthood. So some men of God now put in too many boundaries. It was not supposed to be so. You have to book appointments. You have to come. You have to fill form. Wait for one week. You have to go to... It was not supposed to be so. But the abuse... The CEO is not, you know, ordinary man of God. Ordinary man of God. 
You somebody will um, see a man of God, also, 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 but you can't go to a lawyer and say that uh, Allah, Allah, or whatever it is. You go to a doctor, or do, you, you will try it, also, also, Alpha, also. Are, are you serious? So much disrespect. So, much. so you see men of God carrying protocol, all of those things, it does not protect them. The protocol does not protect them. The, this thing does not add to them. Nothing is just to keep that respect, to keep that honor. And the dangerous thing is that once you become dishonorable and you become familiar, you, the oil stop working for you. So you will be at loss. The man of God will not, will not be the one at loss. He can go to another church and go and preach. People will receive him. Read Jesus. Jesus could not do much miracle in his hometown because of familiarity. They didn't believe him. Ah, what is that? They said, what, look at what they said. Is that not the carpenter's son? They didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. Please, let's become responsible. So this young lady said she had the man of God praying and crying that night. Is this not, say, God, are you not the one that called me? I left my job in the bank. You told me to come and do ministry. You told me you sent me here. God, am I not doing it right? What am I doing wrong? I have not taken anybody's money. I have not lied to anyone. God, am I not praying well? Am I not fasting well? God, what am I doing? Am I not? It was crying and praying. The lady said, in tears, she started crying in her room. The next day, she went to spy out the kind of instrument that we need. She went to market, bought the speaker, bought microphone, and went to hand it over to the pastor without showing her face. She didn't even go to the pastor. So she went and dropped it in the church. And she, she was in the house when she had the pastor sharing the testimony. So much joy in his heart. He was so rejoicing. Say, God, I've remembered me. God, I've remembered me. That my labor has not in vain. Somebody just surprised us with this speaker. And you see now that we can now use sound. And I, I was like, God. God, God. You can be that same kind of person that God can use to remember an evangelist somewhere. You can be the same person that God can use to remember one pastor somewhere. You can be that person that God can use to remember one somebody somewhere that is holding for the gospel in hunger and in pain. It can be you. And you don't need heaven and earth to do it. You don't need heaven and earth to do it. You can do in your current level. The church where I was pastoring, they had a program not too long um, in a place I was supposed to go. I couldn't go because of our prayer conference and one other thing. So I called the pastor. I kept calling him from the beginning. I know that pastoring there, I pastored there before I left. He took over. Pastoring there is difficult. And there was no resources. The members don't support, so I bear all my burden. So I kept calling from the beginning. What is the plan? As everything, ah, this have not been done. No, this have been done. He was one day. I was just praying. I did the guy. I would have, whether without prayer or with prayer, I would have still done what I want to do. I saw this guy in pain. I called, I sent him a message. I said, "What is left? Have you paid for the hotel?" He replied the next day, "No, that's the only thing happened. You know." And I said, "Don't worry. I'm sending you all the full money." The guy began to cry started crying. He said, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't even know what to do. All the members, nobody's minding me. All the people I call, colleagues and friends, nobody's minding me. And it is you who is not even with us anymore. You are not the one sending the money to pay for the hotel. And when my father came from the program, he sent me a message. He said, I saw your handwork. May God keep rewarding you. May my God keep fighting for you. Listen to me. You can be in your church 
and a stranger is coming to collect your pastor's blessing. There are people under that church who are pastors, who are workers, who are members, who are doing what they are doing. And me, I'm no more in that church for now. But if I tell you the things I do, if I tell you the things I do, if I tell you the things I do, not because I have so much. No, sir, no, man. I understand the value. That is it. I know the value. I was asking my wife a few days ago. I said, please, look for how to find me 5,000 Ghana cities. Let me go and deposit first. The program is, the preparation is already on and my money have not entered. I can't sleep. Let me go and deposit 5,000 Ghana cities first into the program that I have brought this one. Okay, then let me start looking for other things and how to prepare for the floating, how to go and join them to uh, paste the posters, how to, me, I want to do protocol in the program. I want to do protocol. And if you can work, come and join. You can buy uniform. Buy uniform. Join Osha. I, I was with the mass program at Independence Square, 26, 27 of February. Join Osha. You are free. I give you the license. Join. I will talk to the Osha group. Join Osha. Join protocol. You can sing very well. Join the choir. Listen, all we care about is the kingdom. If you go there and you choose to follow, save journey, you're on your own. But I'm telling you things that work for me. I don't know any juju. I don't know any malam. I don't know. This is my secret. This is my secret. I know nothing else. Prayer, the word, honor, and giving. I, there's nothing else I know how to do. This is my secret. The four foundations of kingdom prosperity or kingdom blessing. I said number one is work. If you read the book of Second um, Thessalonians 3 verse 10, just help me if you can get that scripture very fast. It said, he that work not, let him not eat. Okay? He that work not, let him not eat. So if you don't work, you don't expect food. In the kingdom, you don't get blessed without work. All right? If you read the book of Proverbs chapter 24, verse 33, it said, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hand, so shall your poverty come like a man traveling from afar. So under this way, we're talking about you getting a job, you starting a business, you being a consultant, a freelancer, or whatever way, as long as you are offering goods and services, all right? Any way you are office offering goods, goods, products and services, and people are buying, people are paying and getting something. It is part of the kingdom. If you read Ecclesiastes, it will tell you, it said, whatever your hand finds to do, do it well, because there is no work in the grave where you are going to. So look at it, Proverbs um, 24, 33, 34. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and I want as an armed man. So you become poor if you sleep too much. You become poor if you are lazy. You become poor. So work is a more. Can I get 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10? 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. He said, let him that work not, eat not. So work is a must. For even when we are with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So in this kingdom, you must work. 
All right. If anybody tell you, oh, all you need is to shout amen, they, they are lying. They are lying. The richest people are, are workers. And as a matter of fact, Exodus 39, verse 10, whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Look at it now. Don't just do it, but do it with your might. All right? Your energy, diligence, excellence, do it and do it well. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave without thou goest. If you die now, work is gone. So now that you are alive, listen, every day work as if it is your last day. Every day work as if there's no tomorrow. That is my approach to life. Many of us are just relaxed. Particularly, let me say this to you. You can actually enjoy the kind of prosperity you want with civil service. True wealth is tied to entrepreneurship. And many of us are not strategic and risk-taking enough to get out to do something else. We are afraid and we are boxed inside and within our monthly salary. And the next thing you are in debt. That thing is not really a demon. The problem is that economy grows. Things get more expensive. Your family grows and your income is not growing. Grow yourself. Look for something. Be an entrepreneur. You can grow to a point. Okay, from now, I'm resigning from being a civil servant. I want to focus. You know now that your job can provide, your business can provide much more than what the salary can give to you. You channel all your energy. Channel all the blessing and all the prayer on that business and you see how your life begins to blossom. Many believers are civil servants, and civil service does not bring you wealth. It brings you survivor, except you have to get to the top. And you know what it means to be? Only those who are at the top, they are the ones benefiting. Go and join police, now and recruit monthly. I'm not sure they pay them more than 2,000 Ghana cities. But those who are at the top, some will be getting up to 5,000, 7,000 to 10,000 every month. And getting there is not a nightmare. Get a job. Do something. And in work, it is important you understand the type of job is also important. The type of business is important. The location, your consistency, your teamwork, creativity, your excellence, your diligence, your dedication. You don't just, you see, whatever your hand finds there to do, do it with all your might. Do it well. So how you do the job also have an effect whether it will produce for you or not number two system i'm looking at four the four branches and the four foundation of kingdom prosperity or even beyond the kingdom these principles work both outside the kingdom i was listening to i shared on my page i realized that a lot of you did not like it or comment so which means a lot of you did not watch it a young man went to do um what is it called a survey went to um do a research on billionaires all over Africa and was checking what what are they doing that is making them prospering differently. He said they realized the least of them works from 5 a, 6 a.m. in the morning to 8 p.m. at night every day to make sure they keep their business running. But you see an average person who have a kiosk, who have a um, one chemical shop in one village, who have one um, provision shop in one corner. They open by 10 o'clock and by 5 they are tired, they have closed and they are gone. No new idea, nothing, no strategy. All they do is open their shop, sit down like the gods of the land. Sit down like the gods of the land. Some are doing concern inside the shop. The shop you are doing concern inside, how will it prosper? 
They are doing cocoa inside the shop. They are everywhere is dusty and dirty. They are not trying to plot and plan. How do we advance? How do we move? But these people, and most of them are secular people. They are rebranding. They are advertising. Look at Coca-Cola, one of the oldest companies in the world. Coca-Cola is still doing advert tea now. Now, nobody needs advert to drink. Everybody drinks Coke. Nobody needs advert to drink Coke. But yeah, they are still doing advert tea now. See now. And you that's still growing, you can't even advertise your business very well. You can't pay for adverts. Now you have social media. You can't even pay for a good Facebook page. Pay somebody, say, come, do for me a good social media account. Facebook, Instagram, all of them, TikTok, and advertise your business, Debbie. Every business thrives on feasibility. Every business will thrive on visibility. If you are hidden, nobody buys you. If you are hidden, nobody... As well, if you have good goods you are selling, but people don't know you, all you are doing is pray, 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 sir. Pray, sir. Pray, sir. Pastor, I don't know what's happening. Am I not tightened? Am I not tightened? Since this month, nobody has... Buy, no visibility, no advert. Nothing, nothing. So we should come and still use prayer to do advert for you. Number two is savings and investment. There is no prosperity outside these two principles. No matter how hardworking you are, if you break this one, you are gone. No matter how hardworking you are, if you break this principle, Charlie, you are gone. When I mean you are gone, you are gone like a goner. You are gone. Savings and investment. This morning, we read the scripture in the book of John chapter 6. If you can get me that scripture, get it for me. John 6, 12 and 13. After Jesus did a miracle. Listen, even when miracles come, the plan of God is not for you to live your life on miracles. If God gives you one miracle, gives you one favor, he expects you now to either save out of it or to plan or invest out of it. So look at it. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So God does not want losses. Gather or gather. Some prosperity does not come in bulk. They come in bits. Some blessing that will come in January might be for the next three months or six months. But no, you squandered everything. Enjoyed everything as if God is foolish. And after six months, you begin to suffer and you say, Pastor, why is this thing not working? Didn't I tithe? Didn't I give first fruit? We know you gave first fruit. The first man who ever gave first fruit, he died. Who was he? Abel. Abel gave first fruit and died. Do you know why? He was foolish. He was foolish. You ought to take steps to secure certain things around you. Why God is doing what he's doing? But he was looking at his brother. Okay, why now? Okay, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. I will tell mommy of you. He killed him and he died. He's gone. He didn't fulfill destiny. And let, let me shock you. Let me shock you. You could have, you will be wrong to say, um, maybe it was God's plan so that if he died, then God, no, it wasn't God's plan. No, 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 no. It was, evil has never been God's plan. Evil has never been in God's plan. It wasn't God's plan. It was man who was not smart enough. So he said, therefore, gather them together and fill 12 baskets with a fragment of the five belly loaves which remained over and above them that had eaten. So Jesus said, put them together. Don't scatter this thing. Don't throw it away. Give me Ecclesiastes 11, 2 and 6. Ecclesiastes 11, 2 and 6. I would love to get it in either NLT or Passion Bible or NIV. Ecclesiastes 11, 
2 and 6. If you joke with savings, if you don't save today, you are not safe tomorrow. Your savings is your savior. Your investment determines your investment. If you don't save, you are not safe. Many of us have no saving. We have an excuse why we must be at loss. We have an excuse why we must waste and spend everything that we earn. Let me tell you the truth. If you have to spend everything you earn for whatever reason, you are not wise. If you have to spend everything you earn, if whatever excuse you have now, keep it to yourself. Continue. Just keep the... Oh, you don't understand. Me, I have 15 children. I have 10 children. I have... No problem. Continue with your excuse. You will soon understand. Look at what he said. Divide your gifts among many, for you do not know what risk might be, might lie ahead. Verse 6 said, Be sure to stay busy and plant variety of crops, for you never know which will grow. Perhaps they all will. So it is talking about diversity. Can I get another version? Help me, please. Help me, please. It's talking about diversity. Don't sit down doing one thing. Or don't sit down doing one thing without spreading out. You can just have a clothing business that is doing well. You now decide to shift out of your city or out of your region. Okay, let me have one in Kumasi. Let me have one in uh, um, Takradi. Let me have one. The same thing in many places. Or you diversify into different things. Okay, I sell water here. I sell rice there. I sell this there. I sell this and I sell all of that. But most of us just fold our hand and we just sit down and we are just acting like, Charlie, God is not helping us. We don't know what's happening with all our prayer, with all our... Oh. God is never the problem. If you read the same exactly, I don't know, I think my admins have slept. If you read at 11 verse 2, message translation, it said, don't hold your goods, spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. If you read verse 11 and 6, it says, Go to work in the morning and stick to it until evening without watching the clock. You never know from moment to moment how your work will turn out in the end. You never know from moment to moment how your work will turn out in the end. If you read NIV, it said, Give a portion to seven, yes, to eight. For you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. This is KJV. KJV says, So you are sitting in the morning and do not. Okay, this is not KJV now. So you are sitting in the morning and do not be idle with your hands in the evening. Amplified. Thank you. For you do not know whether morning or evening planted we, we, we succeed, whether this or that, or whether both be good. Alike, so it is talking about diversity. Diversity, don't sit down and fold your hand in one place and in one thing. Be smart, be smart, be smart, be smart, be smart. So there's the version I was trying to look for that was direct on with the statement. It said, Invest, spread your investment. Spread your investment. And this scripture is not just talking about also investment and savings. It's also talking about giving. 
The giving you gave yesterday. He said, when you give yesterday, don't run from giving today because you don't even know. The one you gave yesterday might not be the one that will bring you results. It might be the one you gave today. That is the, These two things are the literal meaning of that scripture. That's what it means. Talking about giving and talking about investment and, save, and, and savings. So, it is important we get this concept as Christians so that we don't fall out of the blessings of God. Savings and investment, it is a must that we understand. Under this, we must give attention to diversity. We must also give attention to knowledge. Many of us don't learn. Even the business you are doing, you have no full knowledge about it. I was with somebody, I wanted to buy insurance for my car. And um, uh, I walked into one of the insurance office at the DVLA, and I walked to the girl, well-dressed, beautiful lady. And she gave me a chair. I sat down. I said, I want insurance for my car. What are the kind of insurance you have? Um, 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 Mipacho, um, you see, um, she was just talking. I'm like, but I don't get you. If I was, she started getting angry. Somebody around said, hold on. This man is saying she got angry with the lady. He said, when your customer came, that stop you, don't get involved. And you are wrong. The lady was helping you, giving you the right thing. And now you are angry with the lady. You are angry with the lady. That was how I left. And I went to another of their, their desk. I bought the same insurance. In fact, I bought this one explained to me and I bought a higher insurance under the same, in fact, I bought for two cars that week. Under the same company, but different person. Knowledge of what you do. Read books. Follow those who are ahead. Who knows better? Nobody's an island. I've realized that nothing makes your journey shorter and sweeter like mentorship. The shortest course to success is mentorship. Mentorship. The shortest cut to success is mentorship. Look for somebody who is doing what you want to do. Follow them. Listen, some are difficult to follow. Ignore the difficulties. Ignore their behavior. Ignore, focus on what you are looking for. Follow. Some are greedy. Ignore their greed. Follow. Me, I have all kinds of mentors. I have the greedy ones. I know them. All they after is my money. They know I give. So every opportunity, so is it, so is it, so is it, no problem. I give them. They don't care how are you. Did you eat? Did you drink? Why there are some who will tell me so, so, so. But they want to know they will ask me, how is the church? So what are you doing next? Okay, keep me updated. All right? No problem. Why the rest, some of them, they don't even care about the seed. They don't care about anything. All they care about is me. How are you? Once in a while they come. How is your wife? Are you okay? Are you that? Some will just call me. I just saw something about you. And look at look at this thing. What's going on? I will tell them, okay, be careful. Do it this way. Do it this way. Do it. This. Mentorship makes your journey easy. Whether you are a business person, you are a um, civil servant, look for somebody who is good. I'm not saying a, a pastor. You now, for example, you are a doctor. You now come and take me as a mentor in your career. You will pour all year on all yourself, all your, all your, uh, what do they call it? Your patients. When they take you to the room to go and do surgery, it's Bible that you will carry. You won't carry all your equipment. Because me, I don't know what they do there. Look for somebody 
If you want spiritual mentorship, I'm there. I'm there. But when it comes to your profession, look for somebody who is in that area. You are a lawyer. You come and meet me for mentorship for uh, law. Sure. When you get there and they say, uh, the counsel, can you um, defend this case? What you will tell them, according to John 3.16, according to John subsection 6, chapter 16, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You will lose all your case. All your case, you will lose all. You will lose all. So you look for a lawyer who is ahead of you by experience, ahead of you by gifting, by talent, by skill, by age. It's not always age, but you know that there is a place where they are in and you desire to be in. Follow them. If they have books, buy their books. You must not meet a mentor. Buy their books. Read their books. They are far. You can have a mentor in the US while you are in Ghana. Buy their books. Send them mails. Send them mails. Ask questions. Get materials. Get recommendations. Do you know? Let me tell you how easy mentorship makes life. If you have a mentor who is a book writer, very soon you too will write books if you follow well. Because mentorship makes you follow by example. And a mentor lead by example. If you have a mentor who is a prophet, even if you can't prophesy, very soon you will prophesy. Very soon. Very soon is a must you will prophesy. If you have a mentor who um, is rich, very soon, if you follow well, you will become rich. If you have a poor mentor, even if you are rich, very soon you will become poor. It's simple. It's simple. You have a wicked mentor. If you are not careful, very soon you too will become wicked. So the knowledge of what we of what we do is very important. The knowledge of investment, savings, of your work, your business, your job, or your career is important. Management is important. Understanding the place of risk is important. Understanding priorities. Understanding when there is need to expand what you do is important. Many of us are not able to discern and tap into our careers moment. Somebody who is into business, somebody who is into um, a job or whatsoever, suddenly you now realize your sales have increased. You now realize your product is now in need everywhere. That is the time to expand. But some people in their scrungy and unprincipled thinking, we sit down there saying, God has buttered my bread. But you could have been bigger than that. You could have been bigger. Learn to know when is your time to shine and shine well. Learn to know it. Number three. Number three is power. Number three, four foundations of prosperity. Number three is power. Everybody on earth, mark it, whether in church or in the world, is being backed by a spirit to succeed. Everybody on earth, a spirit is backing them to succeed. Some belong to Illuminati, some belong to Freemason, some belong to Is Is um, Islam, some belong to Hare Krishna, some belong to other kind of gods and deity. Some will tell you they are doing yoga. They are not yogaing anything. They are summoning spirits. Tell so I don't go to church. I don't do anything. I just do meditation. If if some of you know how spiritual meditation is, if you know how spiritual meditation is. Whether you are on the good or the bad side, meditation is very spiritual. Very spiritual. 
It brings you into the creative realm and informative realm of spirituality. Anybody who meditates a lot is always right 90%. Anybody who meditates a lot is always right 90%. Meditation is senior to thinking. Meditation is when you, you sit down and you shut out yourself from yourself and release yourself into your inner world. Read yourself into the spiritual world. The difference between the yoga and the Christian meditation, because if you read the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, Joshua 1 verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, for thou shalt meditate therein day and night. For in it you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So meditation can bring you to success. The Christian meditation makes you meditate on scriptures. But yoga makes you empty your mind. That is how they do yoga. They tell you, empty your mind, push out every negativity, push out everything you are thinking, just be fresh. So what that does is that it purges you out of every wrong information, wrong voices, wrong anything, and brings fresh idea from the celestial world into you. Same with the Christian meditation, but our own is that our own have a source. It's not just open to anywhere. We meditate on scripture. You empty yourself of anxiety, of worry, of thought, of pain, of failures, and begin to meditate on scriptures. On scriptures. Let me give you a secret. You want to prosper? Take scriptures of, of, on prosperity. Take 10, 20, memorize them. If you can memorize them, put them in your Bible. Open it. Sit down in the wee hours of the day. Midnight, early morning, where everywhere is calm. Just stay on that scripture. For example, Philippians 4 verse 19. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And either you are speaking in tongues or you are just calm. All you are thinking about is all the letters of that scripture. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You stay there. Stay there. You are thinking. Of, you will drive yourself into the spirit realm. You will drive out of your body. You will drive. Before you finish that thing in three days, the common thing that will happen to you, you will get a dream, you will get a revelation, you will get an idea, you will get an information. All of them will be subjected around, around prosperity. Or somebody will just call you. Or if everything that will happen to you will be around prosperity. And it works for everything. That's not my topic, so let me stop there. You want money? Go try meditation and see. Go try it. So what I'm saying is that prosperity or success have a spiritual side. Any kingdom you belong to. Prosperity or success. Ask Elon Musk. Ask Dangote. Ask everybody you can ask. There is something they do. They, they, they their own way. That's for their own spirituality. Some just have their own quiet time. The same thing with meditation. They call it quiet time. Some go to consult a deity, offer sacrifice. Some go to do what they do and all of that. Everybody belongs to something. There's a realm you cannot access in life if you are not spiritual. There must be something back in you. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, For thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth. This is chapter 13, verse 2. He said, Abraham was very rich. God made Abraham very rich in gold, in silver, in cattle. Ephesians 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all your needs 
according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Proverbs 10 verse 22, it says, For the blessings of the Lord make it rich, and it does not add sorrow with it. It make it rich, it does not add sorrow with it. If you read Luke 6, 38, it said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. So you see that the response to it is prosperity. And all of this principle I've given to you has no regard for the kingdom that you belong to. If a Freemason person practice giving, he will prosper. If a Malam practice giving, he will prosper. That's why you see that everybody gives. Every religion gives. Every religion gives. And none of them is mocking their giving the way the church is mocking giving. None of them. None of them. None. Have you ever said anybody who, who goes to idol and come and say, hey, what is it? Uh, Baba has called me from the bush. I should come and bring two cows. What is it? Ah, I won't do. So I should bring two human heads. Well, every time, every time. No. They are the ones asking, what do we do? They are the ones asking, tell us, what do we do? Genesis chapter 43, verse 23. And he said, Peace be unto you, fear not. Your God and the God of your fathers had given you treasures in your sack. I had your money, and he brought Simeon out of them. Out to them. The God of your fathers has given you treasures. 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 God can make you rich. But it's not in you just folding your hand and proclaiming that God can make you rich. I'm giving you the four foundations that make this thing possible. I'm giving you the four foundations. If you read the book of Psalm 112 and verse 3, it said, Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. When we talk about power, when we talk about power, we're talking about the grace of God, we're talking about the word of God. The grace of God can make you wealthy. The word of God have the principles that can make you wealthy. We're talking about giving. We're talking about sacrifice. We're talking about altars, knowing how to engage altars. We're talking about the favor of God. We're talking about destiny helpers. We're talking about the blessing of God. We're talking about understanding, timing, and season. We're talking about destiny. When your destiny is locked, you can prosper. When your destiny is unlocked, you begin to prosper. We're talking about kingdom mindset understanding that there is a way to run in the kingdom and you can be poor and one of them is becoming a kingdom financier a show winner you can't be poor you can't be poor henceforth i've told you last time when you plan plan beyond yourself check out as the monster that how do i take care of my mom that's month. pick out look for a student look for a widow Look for a less privileged person. How do I support this person every month? Budget it from your finances. Listen now. You listening to me, my video one, who is in need? But can I say this to you? Don't live like that. From the little you have, from that your one city, budget 10 pesos for somebody else. You will realize that you will outgrow the person. You give to those in your level and under you so that you will not be like them. You give to those at the top so that you grow like them. Pull yourself out. Don't join them. Don't stay there. Don't join them. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Pull yourself out of it. 
Oh, you see, we are all suffering. No, we are all. No, 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 no. Give your way out of it. Support your way. Look, you are an orphan. That's fine. Look for another orphan that you are better than. Start giving to that orphan. You are a widow. Look for a widow you are better than. Start giving to that widow. Don't sit down. You know, you know your case is not as bad as that person's own. This one cannot even eat, but you still have a job. You can eat. I have a widow. Mm. And, uh, how would they ask, ask me to tithe? How would they? I read my Bible. I read my Bible. I saw Elijah asking a widow, what do you have in your house? I almost felt angry. But when I saw the end of the testimony, I didn't feel angry again. Don't try to use your situation to lock yourself out of the blessing of God for your life. Obey principles. Obey principles. Obey principles. Help yourself out. Somebody say, I will help myself out of this level. Say with me, say, I will help myself to come out of this level. I will help myself to come out of this level. We can have a beautiful life. We can have a happy life. We can have a fulfilled life. We can have a fruitful life. We can have a prosperous life. And hear me, this thing has no regard for genders. Look at women like Oprah Winfrey. Look at women like Michelle Obama. Look at women like... Um, um, Paula White. Look at women like, um, what do they call it? For Laron Shaw, Alakija or what? Look at women like um, Ibuko Awoshika in Nigeria. Look at great women, wealthy women. Some I don't even know their husband. I don't even know. They are richer than their husband 50 times. You can be a female and yet feed males. That is why if you are single, you must be sure to marry a man that will not be jealous of your prosperity. Marry a man that will push you. Tell you, my wife, you are not doing well. I want to get you a visa, go to school and come back. My wife, you are not doing well. This business is too small. Let's expand your business. My wife, this job you are doing is too small. My wife, this, this thing. Somebody who will push you. Not the one that you tell you just got a job and is angry. Not the one you just told that you are, but you just got a promotion and he has not been promoted for two years. The man is angry. Not the one that you will tell you just did a business, you just got um, $10,000. Instead, they will be happy with you and say, okay, now put the money back in your business or go and buy a land. Buy a land, let's keep it. You can resell it later and it's telling you, bring the money, let's chop. You don't bring the money, you are in trouble. Don't marry a man that will be jealous of your prosperity. And don't marry a man that will trap you out of God's will and prosperity for your life. Some of you are called to be great. You, are a, you can be a female and yet feed males. Don't get into a trap in the name of marriage and you lose yourself and God is looking for you. He can't even find you. Number four, the last one is networking. 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 There is no prosperity or success outside connecting with the right people. There is no prosperity. Get me the scriptures. Luke 16 verse 9. If I can get any version outside KJV, I'll be glad. Luke 16 verse 9. 1 Samuel 16 22. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 to 12. Luke 16 9. 1 Samuel 16 22. Ecclesiastes Chapter 4, 9 to 11. You see, when we're reading the story of um, Peter in Luke chapter 5, the Bible said at some point, Peter had to call his partners. Peter had to call his partners. So he wasn't working alone. He had people he was partnering, networking with. And I will tell you, learn from this. Make friends for yourself for eternity. 
by means of the wealth of unrighteousness. That is, use material resources as a way to further the work of God. Are you reading this at all? Everybody, just hold on, just hold on. Use material resources to further the work of God so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into eternal life. He says, so you need your material possession for you to be able to enter into God's blessing. Let's read this version again. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous mammon. So if you happen to find yourself, you are working with Muslims, there's nothing wrong. All you need to do, protect yourself spiritually. Don't be too rigid and difficult. Some of these people, they are demonic. They are looking for people start to shine with. But don't be too rigid and difficult. Be there, be yet spiritual. That they do whatever they do, they can't touch you. Because sometimes the money you are looking for, they have it. The contract you are looking for, they have it. The person could even be a gay and is the person you are working with. You don't say, no, I won't do it, I will cancel. You are not coming there to be gay. You are coming to transfer their wealth out of the hand of evil to the hand of righteousness. You must learn how to walk in terrains that are not pleasant and yet it will not corrupt you. You must learn it. Rather, you should be the one changing them. No, you not got a contract to U.S. and that's the end. Next time we see you, you are now answering from Brother Bright to uh, Sister Bright. Whether you are a girl or a guy, we don't even know you again. I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous mammon. Deceitful riches, money, possessions, so that when it fails, they, those you have favored, they may receive and welcome you into an everlasting habitation. God is not teaching you to be evil. God is not teaching you to do scam or to do wrong. No, God is teaching you how to be smart. God is saying in this scripture, some of the money that are supposed to be in your hand have entered the hand of unbelievers, have entered the hand of Muslims. Don't run far from them. Don't run far. Use wisdom. Get close to them. Collect the money back. You don't steal it. You don't fight for it. You get a goods. You get a service. You get a product they will be interested in and sell it to them. Do the work for them. Collect the money. But all, literally every believer is just hanging around being at the bottom, being at the bottom. So when we come around these people, we are never the boss. We are never colleagues to them. We are we are subjects. We are we are the one who is getting the least paycheck out of the job, out of the contract. And the unbelievers are those who are at the top, splitting the paychecks. And we wonder why we are not doing enough for God. Give me the other scriptures. Let's get out of here. I hate seeing believers in mediocrity. It it pains me to my bone. First Samuel 16, 22, Exodus 6, chapter 4, 9 to 12. When am I at the ministry today? What happened? First Samuel 16, 22, Exodus chapter 4, 9 to 12. Dear Lord. And Saul sent to Jesus, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he had found favor in my sight. Before David could attain the throne, God had to connect him to royalty. Networking. He had to connect to royalty. God knew he's taking him to the palace. So he put him to first be a servant to the king. The next thing, he became the next king. There is somebody not listening to me, who is working at the bank? There is somebody listening to me who is working 
um, at um, a finance house. There is somebody listening to me who is working with a billionaire. God did not put you there by mistake. You are about to become the next bank owner. You are about to become the next billionaire. God only put you there to learn the terrain, to learn the behavior. Don't just sit there. All you care about is to collect salary and go home. No, study inside. Some of you are working in the hospital for you to own your own hospital. But you don't think that way. You know nothing about administration. You don't think to that direction. All you care is to carry needle and be piercing people's innocent children and be forcing tablets into their mouth. Charlie, why? Charlie, why? 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 All right. On a lighter note. So if you are supposed to own hospital, own clinics, own pharmacies, own drugstores, own chemical shop, but nah, nah, that's not your business. As long as you collect three thousand by the end of the month, you are fine. Next thing, the money is finished and you are in debt and you are asking God, where are you? You're on your own. Let's read Exodus chapter um, 4 from verse 9. It said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. In fact, let's stop there because of time. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. They receive more pay. Networking, networking, we afford you a lot. Network. There are people that know what you don't know. Networking. When I'm talking, when I talk about networking, I'm talking about opportunities. It brings you into opportunities. It brings you to ideas you never thought you, you 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 could afford, but somebody else have it. It brings you into connections. It brings you into informations. It brings you in not just information, now privileged information. Suddenly, they want to auction cars in Ghana, and cars that they brought that was. Um, um, pounded by the customs, cars that are worth, let's say, $20,000 are being sold by $10,000, which is illegal thing in, in the system that happens. And now they are selling it, and they are not, before they bring it to the forefront, a friend has called you, say, hey, these cars are being sold for $10,000. Come and buy five. If you sell this car, you can sell them even for, even for $15,000. You are making five extra. And before it comes on the scene, you've bought five and you sold there's no sin you are committing there. You only got privileged information. Privileged information. And when you are done, you prosper and you are smiling. And somebody who did not get the same network and information is there and they are stranded. Networking includes recommendations. It includes strategies. It includes inheritance. Some people are going to, some people end up having come from a, a good family your father is rich, your mother is rich, had a, a good house, has um, some whatsoever, whatsoever, and all of that. So you see their life progressing and blossoming as a result of that. Some of their parents will die, leaving them with a the mansion. I've, I've discovered this. I've, I've done some research. I realized the men of God who are at the forefront, who have become voice of the gospel, 70% to 80 came from a rich family even though their father or their mother never handed them cash. 70 to 80% of them came out from a rich family. Oh, yeah. Some of the family was not in billions, billions, but the family was an average family, not the family where they were looking for food and water to eat. Nah, very little. 
maybe 20% or 15 are the ones who came from a very poor background and they rose to the top. Some suffered poverty at some point because they chose to become Christians and their parents didn't want it. Or they chose to go to church and their parents didn't want it. That's it. I don't know which man of God I can't remember. Either Archbishop Duncan William or Bishop Dark, one of them said the father gave him, I think his hall or something, to start a church. The father was a rich person. Either Archbishop Duncan William or Bishop Dark, the father was rich, working for the government, gave the hall in the house. That was where they began the church from. Every one of them, check all pastors' children who went into ministry. No one is suffering. No one is doing management, management. No one. There's no one. No one. Any pastor's child who the father succeeded, who the father is rich, that got it, no one. So there is a place of inheritance. So if you, you, don't, you didn't find yourself there, your father did not leave anything for you to inherit, your mother did not leave anything, fight your way through now. You can still make it by networking with these people who have already gotten into the thing. Network with them. There is a way to meet them. There's a way to become friends. Don't because don't start fighting. Listen, never fight what you envy. Never fight what you want to be like. Somebody is doing well and you want to be like them. Don't fight them. Join them. Get close to them. As long as they are genuine, find out what they know. Find out what they know. Stay there. Serve under them until you know what they know, until they begin to recommend you, until they begin to tell you things they don't tell everybody in the public. Get close to them. Get close to them. Get close to them. Get close to them. And this is what you do with mentors. Get close to mentors. Ask intelligent questions. Don't just be there and be moping and be looking and just be busy. No. Ask intelligent questions. How did you get here? What did you do to become this? What did you do to do this? What did you do to do this? What did you do to ask them intelligent questions? Learn it, apply it, and see your life begin to soar. As I close, I'm telling you today, don't be outside the end time revival. Align yourself to what God wants to do. Some of you are going to be the financial support of the revival. Some of you are going to be at the forefront of the revival as a, as a preacher, as a singer, as an evangelist. Some of you are going to be the one holding, like Aaron and all, holding the hand of the man who is making the revival happen in the physical field. Some of you will just be maybe shoe cleaner for the man doing the revival. Some of you are going to be drivers. Some of you are going to be maybe medical personnel. Okay, ah, you are back. Okay, let's, let's check your health. Let's check your vitals. That could just be your work. Yours could be medical outreach. I'm trusting God for a time we'll have medical outreach. We get drunk, get all kind of things, go to villages. We are going for one month. We are traveling from one village to another. While we are preaching the gospel, we are giving people treatment. Giving treatment. And we have medical personnel who can take days out of their work, take weeks out of their work. And we can't really do this if we are poor. Is somebody getting what I'm saying and thought tonight? Or I'm just, is there anybody? Do I have one person who is receiving what I'm talking about tonight? That is saying to themselves that, Father, I am a part of this. I, I'm not asking you to come and give me money. I'm not asking you to come and give me money. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm telling you, get serious with God. Get busy for God. Get busy for God.
Some of us, have, some of us, God is going to use us to start a youth movement. God is going to give you an idea to start a youth movement for God that will become a voice. Look at this, a man of God, uh, Pastor Brian, who does a program called IES in Ghana. I'm so proud of that young man. He's not a young man, he's an old man. He's older than me, so to me he's an old man. I'm so proud of that man of God. I so love what he's doing. Gathering youth every year on fire. Every year on fire. Gather youth. Some of you, God can use you for something like that. God can use you to be the one supporting it. God can use you any of the part you are in. Their hand is part of the body. Their finger is part of the body. Their leg is part of the body. Even the bomb bomb that is the one removing the smelly, um, dirty part. Your own might be cleaning shoe. The bomb bomb will not say, I will not tell the bomb bomb you are not part of the body. It's part. The leg is part. The waist is part. The stomach. So any part that you support, that you are in, you are part of the body and part of the revival. I pray for you today that God is going to empower you to be part of what he is doing. That at the end, when they begin to call record, you will not be absent. Your name will not be found wanting. Your name will not be found wanting. Your sweat will not be found wanting. Your hand will not be found wanting. The Lord is going to prosper you. The Lord is going to give you idea. The Lord will give you connection. The Lord will bless the work of your hands. The Lord will establish the work of your hands. Receive opportunities and idea for savings and investment. Receive the power to prosper. Receive networks, contacts, privileged informations in the name of Jesus. 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 The Lord help you. The Lord help you. The Lord help you. In the name of Jesus. Come and lift your voice right now and pray in tongues if you can. If you don't pray in tongues, go ahead and thank God for this word. Thank God for this word. Thank God for this word. If you have been blessed at all, just lift your voice and begin to thank God for this word. And we are telling him, Father, Make us part. Go ahead and pray that prayer. I want to be part, Lord. I want to be part, Lord. Help me, Lord. That is the good prayer. Help me, Lord, to be part. Help me to play my part. Nobody will play my role. Nobody. I will not sit down and watch somebody else play my role in this kingdom. I want to be part, oh God. 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 Part of those who will be the kingdom financiers. Part of those who will be going to the village for evangelism. Part of those, oh God, that will be feeding the missionaries who are going to the villages. I want to be part, oh God. I want to be part, oh God. Like Bagadeva, Zibola Godosha, Lekre de Bozi. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me. When we say everybody in the kingdom has been called by God, this is what you mean. Not everybody has been called to be a pastor or to carry a microphone. No, man. No, man. This is what we mean. This is what we mean. Everyone has been called, but we have been called to do different things. Oh, God, make me a part. Make me a part. Use me, Lord. 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 Kalabalagadaba. Lege de Bologadosh. Lege de Balagadas. Lata Gadosha. Ila Cranazo. Velege de Versis. Ilotom Brigadiskes. 
Olo prokoto, li prakatesh ko prokoto, li prakatesh ka palagado sa parata. Ile prakaton zika palagada balagada. O kokom brigadi valash. O kolo li prakate. O zika prakate. O kapala gadi brakate. Zuka te prakatos kapalande gadivra. Ele prokoto shu prakate. Ile prakatesh ko prokoto. Li prakatesh ko poro si valata. Manda kapalagade. Ele brigadizos. Tala cruz valente gadasus, ele cruz feleto, zicodites, aliciresa, malicrodosis, ilancratas, yabelegadesh, 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 yacatelegades, brocodododosh, 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 leke soto. Makalabala, Zekalige de Gadesha, Ileke de Bronzo, Fale Gadash, Fale Gadash, Fale Gadash, Rosso Poloti, Makila Bokosha, Aliko Pro, Lecambre Cate, O Socotondis, Alike, Baracos, Ilamontos, Colepe Rita, Maliko Prosis, Valla Dakar, Ileke de Begade. Rosso Pocotosh, O God, make me a part. 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 O God, make me a part, Lord. Zabalagadashis. In the name of Jesus. We are asking God tonight, our Father, bless the works of my hand. Lord, bless the works of my hand. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I pray tonight, I ask that you bless the works of my hand. Prosper me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice in prayer now. Lord, bless the works of my hand. Bless the works of my hand. Bless the works of my hand. Prosper me, prosper me, prosper me. Lord, 
bless the work of my hands. Lord, bless the work of my hands. Bless the work of my hands. Lord, bless the work of my hands, O God. 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 Oh, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're going to pray once more. And we're asking God, the Father, give us ideas to make wealth. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the ideas to get wealth. Lift your voice in prayer. I receive the ideas to get wealth. Lift your voice in prayer. <laughs> 